0: This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Listen, I want to encourage you, you know, this, this week or all this month, we're encouraging people to sign up for our small groups. You know, uh, at Passion Church, we're about, it's about relationships, and really that's what it is. It's a relationship with God, and it's a relationship with one another. Now, you know, what kind of relationship can you have just on Sunday mornings when you're looking at the back of somebody's head? You know, and you know we'll dismiss after the message and everything. We'll dismiss this morning, and most of us, you know, we, you know some people have to go to work today, some people have to get home, cook whatever it is to do. So we really don't have that much time to build a relationship even afterwards, even though we may greet one another and all. So one of the purposes, not the only, but one of the purposes of our small groups is that we can build relationships with one another. Amen. And the whole idea is in that incubator of, of relationships, discipleship takes place. You know, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. Isn't that right? When we come together as the body of Christ, even in a small group, we begin to to, uh, give out of what God has put in us. We begin to pray for one another. We begin to share what God has done in our life. and, And we allow others to encourage us. We begin to grow spiritually. Amen? And it's important that you do that. That, that we grow as disciples. You know, and also, it's a wonderful uh, a way for us to reach our families and our, our loved ones and our circle of friends. Invite them to a small group. A lot of people might feel a little bit intimidated about coming to a church to begin with. But you know what? They can feel pretty comfortable about just coming either to your home or to a small group where you're meeting. And it's a way that we can reach out to them. And we can we can share the love of Jesus with them. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, you know h- how many of you made it through the storm? Okay, yesterday. Oh, yeah. Glad, glad, glad you did. You know, lot. You know, number of fatalities. You know, in our state and other things. And uh, we we're going to pray over them in just a moment. But uh, Miss Vera, Vera, raise your hand up over there. She was sharing a testimony with me uh, that. Uh, after this storm, your lights went out and everything, right? If I don't get this right, you straighten me out. Uh, but anyway, the lights went out and everything. And, and uh, you had an alarm that went off in your house. Isn't that right? It was carbon monoxide alarm. And so the, the firemen came out, right? Yeah, they came out and everything. And it was so bad, they had to put on their mask, oxygen mask, to come in there. And it was just a miracle that you weren't overcome by it, wasn't it? Isn't that what they said? Something to that effect. So, you know, thank God that God is in the business of protecting us, and taking care of us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And, you know, just a, 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 a natural piece of advice would be good for all of us, make sure we've got one of those alarms in our house, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> God can protect, but, you know, we can, we can use our, our brains as well he gave us. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we're talking about this month about pressing forward. Crossing the finish line, catching our second win, so that we can cross that finish line. You know, the Apostle Paul said, he said, I've have, I have finished my course. I've run my race. And you know, all of us, as far as our relationship with God, if if we're believers, we're running a race. Now, you may not realize it. You may not be able to see the, the, the lane you're in, so to speak. You may not be able to see that. But, you know, we're running a race. And every one of us will that will stand before the Lord, and we will give an account for our lives, for the race that we ran. Now, your race is different from mine. You know, there are things that are similar about it, but there are things that are different because you're a unique individual with a, a unique gifts and, and grace that God's given you, but every one of us have a part to play in God's big plan in God's kingdom. And every one of us have a race to run, and we need to be encouraged in that. The Apostle Paul, I want to read this to you from Philippians three from the Passion Translation. Uh, he says, I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. Well, that's the first starting place, isn't it? I am so glad that I do not have to depend on my own strength to run this race. Because if I did, I'd be in trouble. Big time. He said, however, I do have one compelling focus. We, we talked about that last week. we got to have a focus if you're running a race. Isn't that true? He said, I forget all of the past. Amen. You know, 2019, it may have been a really good year for you. It may have been a really horrible year or it may have been a kind of a mixed bag. But he said, forget about that. Don't, don't impose 2019 on 2020. He said, forget it. If you're going to run your race, he said, forget the past. I fasten my heart to the future instead. Amen. Where's your focus? Where's your heart? Now, where's your heart? Where's that, that, that part of you on the inside where God dwells? That part that, that, that yearns after God, that hungers after God, where does that fasten? Let it fasten on your future in God. See that finish line that God has for you. He said, I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal. Man, I like that. And gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. We talked about last week, uh, maybe we'll review over that one scripture verse real quickly. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 12, just to kind of give us a place to connect from last week. Verse 1, Paul says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, all those that were mentioned in Hebrews 11, that great cloud of witnesses, of witnesses that lived their life by faith and ran their race and finished their course. He said, let us throw off everything that hinders, the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. You know, one translation says, uh, he says, let us cast off every weight and every sin. And we talked about the weights and sins the, the weights that hold us back. You know, if you've ever seen uh, someone who's running in the Olympics or a professional runner, you notice the way they don't come out there with big galoshes on and a big overcoat on, do they? <laughs> you know, They don't come out there, you know, with a wetsuit on and, uh, you know, and the aqualungs on the back. No, they come out there, they wear the lightest clothing they can, don't they? They want to strip off every ounce that they possibly can, anything that would hinder them, any weight that would hold them back from running the most effective and the fastest time they can. This is the picture that Paul is giving us. He said, "He said, Let us, let's get rid of any weight. And you know, weight's not necessarily a sin. It's not necessarily something that's wrong, but it's something that can hold us back from being the most effective we can be in the running of our race. And he said, let's put those off. And we talked about that last week. To put off those weights that hold us back. You know, there, there might be fears. There might be worries. There might be doubts. There might be all kind of things that maybe certain habits that we've gotten into that are not necessarily sin, but they, maybe they steal our time with God. They keep us from being productive. They get our focus divided. And so we don't run our race as well. And today we're going to talk about losing our way. It's lightening the load. You know, Jesus made this statement in his day. He said, speaking of himself, he said, come unto me, come unto Jesus. He said, he said and learn of me. And he said, they said, for my burden, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, when we come to Jesus, it, it, you know, He doesn't add weight. He takes the weight off, doesn't He? You know, He used to sing that song, you know, that, you know, about, you know, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I'm happy all the day. Remember that old hymn? He rolls the weight off of us, doesn't He? He lifts the burden of sin, the weight off of us. So that by His grace now, we, we, we have joy, we have peace. That's how we are to run our race. You know, even with the armor of God, the armor is light. <laughs> it's not. You know, you ever seen, uh, you know, uh, in some of those uh, old castles in, in Europe and England and all? You know, you see, maybe take, take a video tour of those castles or something. You know, I, I'm fascinated by history. I love history. And, you know, you'll see, you know, they go through there and they see those big old heavy armor you know that the knights wore and everything and I mean you know you could that's not the way God's armor is God's armor is lightweight it's it's a grace armor it's it's held in place by the love and the grace of God so as we look to lose our weight and lighten the go- load let me just give you some what I think are some some spiritual and some practical things as well turn to proverbs chapter 20 let's read a, a scripture over there in proverbs 20 about Lightening the load. You know, this year, you know, and last week we mentioned it. And I challenge you to know this year, let's purposely, you know, let's live our life, our spiritual life, all our life, but especially our spiritual life. Let's live it on purpose. You know, let's be purposeful. Let's be mindful about our spiritual walk. And with that that thought in mind, I encourage you, you know, let's look at some areas in our life, at least one area in our life, and say, you know, what's a weight that's holding me back? You know, go to the Lord. Let the Lord show you. Let the Lord reveal it to you. From His Word and, and the witness of the Spirit speaking to our hearts, let Him say, speak to you about, you know, a weight. That, you know, because He may speak to you about one thing and me about something else. But something that is hindering us from being the most effective that we can be and running our race for God. Maybe it's stealing our time with God. Maybe it's, it's something that, that's causing us to doubt rather than than believe God's Word. Whatever it may be, let the Holy Spirit show you. Proverbs 20 and verse 18, he says this, for losing weight, set a goal. Now, I know you're going to say, boy, this is not doesn't sound too spiritual, but you know what? It's biblical. 2018, he says, plans are established by seeking advice. So if you wage war, obtain guidance. Well, you know what? What we're talking about, casting off weights and and casting off sins that hold us back, that's a warfare. Our warfare is not with other people. But our warfare is with what? principalities and powers Paul, Paul talked about that but also let me just say this our warfare also has to do with our flesh Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 about verse 24 he said he said I buffet my body and keep it under sometimes appetites can be a weight that holds us back you know We can get caught up on social media too much or caught up on, you know, entertainment too much or whatever it might be that robs us of the time we need to create uh, the spiritual vitality and hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us. So we need to have a goal. We need to have a plan. And if we're waging war, we need to get the guidance of God's Word and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Romans 8, for as many as are led... By the Spirit of God, they are the children, sons and daughters of God. Isn't that right? So not only do we absolutely seek God's wisdom from the Bible, the Scriptures, but also the Holy Spirit will speak to us. And He will begin to deal with us, maybe about a weight. It might, it's, like I said, weights are not necessarily sins. They're just things that are holding us back from the race, from being the most effective that we could be for God. So I would encourage you, you know, Take some time. Amen. A lot of times these weights, that's the biggest thing they do. They steal our time. You know, I know we, we can't all, you know, we can't go up, you know, we're, we can't live a monastic life. We have jobs, we have families, we have things that we have to do. I understand that. But we do need to use the time we have wisely. Amen. And so set a goal, because I found out if I don't set a goal and I don't set, have a plan... I, you know, it's real easy for me. To, to, I look back and I think, boy, what? where did the time go? What did I do? Another week's gone by. What did, what did, you know, how did I, you know, I know what I did work-wise. I know what I did, you know, working, you know, 40, 50, 60, or some people more hours than that in a week. I know what I did with that. But what about my spiritual life? What about my spiritual life? And after all, isn't the spiritual more important than the natural? The natural is important. Don't misunderstand me. It has its place. But the spiritual is more important, isn't it? So the first thing I would say is set a goal. Ask God. I said, God what, what's, what's a way? Listen, and listen. don't try to fix everything all at once. Boy, I remember when, I, when, when, when I, I first got saved as a new believer, man, I was trying to get it all together, you know, and, you know, at least a week. I, I just knew surely in a week or two, man, I'm going to have it together. Let's see how many years, 43 years have come and gone. That's a long week. Still working on it. You know, because I was naive. So, you know, don't, don't try to fix everything. at Once you, you just, you get, you'll get so discouraged, you just give up. But allow the Holy Spirit to show you one thing. God deal one thing that's that you would consider a weight, that God considers a weight. And then get the wisdom of uh, leading of the Holy Spirit and the wisdom of Scripture, instead of going and say, you know what, With, by God's grace and the help of the Holy Spirit and, and the help of the Scriptures, you know, I'm going to attack this one thing that's been been holding me back from my race. Maybe it's, it's, it's our time. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, it's a wound that you have. You know, life has a way of hurting us, doesn't it? Things happen, people disappoint us. Things, our expectations are not always met. That can become a weight where we live so much in the past from that hurt and that wound and that failure. Let, listen, anybody besides me ever failed? Three or four of you. No, okay. You know, it, but here's what I found out. Just because I failed doesn't mean that I have to be a failure. Because I've learned this. You know, I know this is so simple. But you know, let me just remind you. What's a good thing to do if you ever fall down? There you go. And I believe this, as long as your faith is in Jesus and you can keep getting up, I'm telling you what, you're not a failure. But, you know, things happen to us, and sometimes we can rehearse it and we can nurse it to the point to where, you know, we begin to, uh, our expectation for the future begins to be dictated by the wound and the hurt from the past. Paul, that's why Paul said, he said, you got to let go and fasten your heart onto the future. Listen. God's got a good plan for your life. He's got a future for you. He's got a future for us here at Passion Church. He wants wants His glory and His grace and His love and His mighty power to be revealed in us and through us to a hurting world, to a lost world. Then make a plan. Set a plan. What are you going to do? He said plans are established by seeking advice. You know, I would encourage you. Maybe you need to find somebody, you know, that you have confidence in. Doesn't mean they're perfect either, but in their spiritual walk with God, and just somebody that you, you know, you can share something with, and it won't, they won't blab it everywhere. Hello. And I wish you could say, I wish I could say you could just share this with anybody in the church. I don't mean just passion church. I mean just in general. But that isn't always the case. You know the Bible says love covers a multitude of sin, doesn't it? It doesn't say it broadcasts it. It doesn't say it goes and tells everybody about it. It says it, it covers it up. It protects our brothers and sisters. You, want, you need to have somebody in your life, where there's, well, hopefully if you're married it's your spouse, but if not, your sp- find somebody that you can share your struggles with, difficulties with, maybe this weight with, that can help you. Uh, you know, and give you some good advice. Maybe somebody that, that you may find out they've, they've dealt with the same thing, that that can help you to overcome and, and g- gain some discipline to overcome and put off this weight that's in your life. Then follow through with it. Proverbs, you're right there, Proverbs 21. 21, in verse 5, it says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit, as surely as haste leads to poverty. But, you know, plans, the diligent, that means what? The diligent means somebody that's what? Consistent. Somebody that that has got a focus. Somebody that's got a purpose. You know, you've never heard salvation referred to as the accident of salvation. You ever heard that term used? (laughs) I, I never heard anybody accidentally getting saved. God had a plan of salvation, didn't he? From... Listen, the Bible says, think about this, how God plans. Before he ever created the earth, the stars, the universe, he had the plan of salvation in mind. Boy, now that's planning, isn't it? (laughs) That's some planning. So, you know, it might be good that you and I learn from the wisdom of God and also set us some plans in place. What is your plan going to be for putting off this weight that God shows you? Don't don't just let it. Ha- well, you know, I just believe if God wants to do it, He'll do it. Well, you know, we could say this if. Well, we you know we're not going to support. We don't need to support missionaries anymore. We don't need to pray for our family members and loved ones like we do a- every week in the church. We don't need to share the gospel. We don't need to share the love of you because if God wants to save them, He'll save them. No, see that it doesn't work that way, does it? There's a plan. We have our part, and God has his part. And, you know, I'm not concerned about God's part. Don't worry about God's part. He's going to do his part. He's diligent. He's disciplined. He's consistent. What we need to do is get our part lined up and aligned with God's part. But that's going to take some purposeful planning. How are you going to grow? Well, I just figured I'd come to church and the pastor would preach me up real good. I'm gonna do my best, but I want to tell you something. What if you only ate one meal this week? I mean, you went about your regular, everything you normally do. Maybe some of you go to the gym two or three times a week. Maybe some of you work in in different capacities. How how would that work out for you if you ate one meal this week? Wouldn't be long. We'd be seeing a lot less of you, wouldn't we? Isn't that true? And if you kept that up long enough, pretty soon you'd get too weak to work out and to even go to your job. Because one meal a week would not be, supply you with the necessary nutrients and strength and energy you need to do your everyday living. Isn't that true? Well, the same thing's true spiritually. You wonder why? Why? Things don't, you know, uh, your your flesh controls you or, the, uh, you know, you're having a hard time overcoming doubts or fears or worries. Well, listen, you're eating one time a week. If you're only taking care of your spiritual life on Sundays, if you're expecting that to be enough. No, this is a supplement. This is a, you know, but you are responsible. I'm not responsible in totality for your spiritual growth. I have some responsibility, yes, absolutely. But in the end, God's not going to talk to me about what you did with your time, with your life. That's going to be, you're going to steward that before God. Isn't that right? I'm going to help you and encourage you in your faith, and you're going to do the same for me. But you know, you need, to, you need to do this on purpose. You need to follow through. You know, they say, you know, you know, in the world and everything, you know, people make New Year's resolutions, you know, and usually they don't last even the whole month of January. <laughs> you know, and the reason is, it's not because, you know, most of those people aren't sincere. It's because if you don't have a plan, if you don't have somebody to encourage you and help you, and if you don't have to do it, you won't follow through. That's just how it is, you know? Man, I might like to be in better shape, but I'm going to tell you what. Eating Twinkies on the sofa ain't going to get me there. <laughs> That's just wishful thinking, isn't it? I might, I might like to be closer to God, to see my faith grow, to, to see God uh, use me in a, in a, in a, in a greater measure. You know, in the, my circle of family and friends, or whatever it might be, maybe my prayer life to become uh, more effective for God this year. But it doesn't happen just because, you know, I eat Twinkies and watch TV. I've got to have a plan. I've got to follow through with it. Amen? So losing weight, lightening the load, I encourage you, go to God in prayer. That's the first thing, is you've got you to gotta talk to God long enough, and then get quiet enough to let him talk to you. Amen? Actually, I believe this. What God has to say to me is a lot more important than what I have to say to him. And it might be if we listened more and heard God more, we'd have less things to pray about concerning ourselves. That means we'd have more time to be praying for other people. Then the second thing he said, after, he said, after getting those weights, losing, casting off those weights, losing weight. I mean, that's a good goal, isn't it? Let's lose some spiritual, let's lose some natural weights that are holding us back this year. Whatever they may be. And then he said, casting off sin. Now, I know this is not a popular topic in the church. Sin. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible quite a bit because sin will kill you, not only now, but it'll kill you for eternity unless you get the cure. And there's only one cure, isn't there? And that's found in Jesus Christ. Amen? And so if, you know, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, the Bible says this, or Jesus said this about himself. He said, I am the way the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father except through me, Jesus speaking of himself. So there's only one way. Boy, if you want to get persecuted, just tell people there's only one way. In our PC culture, now you're being awful narrow I've had people tell me this, you've been really narrow-minded. That's really na- You mean to tell me that all these Muslims, they're going to hell if they don't hear the gospel and believe it? they are? I, I'm, don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm not happy about that. I'm not gloating about that. That's not something I'll, I want to happen. If you, if you feel that way, you, I mean, you need, to, you, know, you need to check your own salvation. Because God's not willing that any should perish. Not the Muslim, not the Hindu. Not just the worldly wise person. No, not anybody. It's not God's will. The Bible says that Jesus took upon himself the sin of the whole world. At Calvary, didn't he? And so the sin problem's been dealt with by the sacrifice of Jesus, the shedding of his blood. The Bible says that God raised him from the dead, proving that God had accepted The sacrifice of Jesus for the sins of mankind. So the Bible says if you will believe in your heart that God's raised Him from the dead and confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. That's the starting place of dealing with sin. But speaking now to believers, probably most of us in this room are believers. You know, we also need to deal with any sin that's in our life. Yep, yep, yep. I said it. And the first thing we need to do is recognize and acknowledge it. Amen. Turn to John's Gospel chapter 3 with me. Because he said this sin will hold us back from running our race and fulfilling God's plan for our life. Amen. Amen. Now, notice what Jesus said. Let's let's start in verse 19. This is the verdict. Jesus is speaking here. Light has come into the world. Jesus is the light of the world, isn't he? But people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. That's true. That was true about every one of us. Everyone who does evil hates the light. Boy, that's the truth, isn't it? Man, I'm telling you, when I was... When I was lost, man, if you, if you witnessed to me about Jesus, buddy, you better be the real deal. I'm telling you, I was not a pleasant person to be around. I did not. I'm telling you. I told you, I, I was mad. I was angry. I was hurt. I'd been kicked and cussed and pushed around. I'm telling you what, my fuse was about that long. If you can't see that, both fingers are together. And if nobody lit the fuse, I'd be happy to do it for you. But, you know, we, we, I didn't want anybody telling me I was a sinner. I didn't want anybody telling me, uh, man, I'm going to knock your block off. <laughs> or you're going to knock mine off. Either way, it's all the same to me. But I, I didn't want to come to light because it's evil. The world does not like us. The world wants to shut the church up. Now, here's the thing. Let me, let me bounce this. I'm not saying that we get up there and just say, you know, you're all going to hell and God's mad at you. And I, no. We tell people, okay, there is a sickness in the world. It's called sin. But God has also provided the cure. His name is Jesus. I mean, if I went to the doctor, I, you know, I want him to diagnose what's wrong with me, but I don't want him to stop there. You're sick. Oh, well, thanks. I kind of had a revelation of that. (laughs) What prompted me to come see you, doc? (laughs) Or he may even go further than that and say, you know, you've got this disease or that disease. You know, he's, uh, you know, good luck with that. I mean, you know, I want him to do what he can do. Isn't that right? You know, I'm, I'm glad. I want to find out what's wrong. But, you know, I'm doing that for a reason. I want a cure. I want to get better. Isn't that right? And because the world on its own will not come to the light, the Bible says we're the light of the world. We have to share the light. But in our own life as believers, listen, we can be self-deceived even as a believer. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come to the light for fear their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. So here's the first thing. Recognize, bring it to the light. I'm telling you what, if if there's a sin in your life, if there's a sin in my life, first thing I want to do, I I want to shine the light on it. Bam. That's wrong. That's That's wrong. That's sinful. That's wrong. That that doesn't need to be a part of who I am, part of my life. I want to get rid of that. So I have to bring it to the light. In other words, you have to admit it. Come on. Come (laughs) on. I know this is you know you don't want to shout about it, but you ought to because this is this is liberation. you bring it to the light. notice he said he said if you're going to live by the truth, how many of are going to live by the truth? amen, the truth is light, so you're going to live by the truth. He comes into the light here's the thing you don't have to go around and and let me just say this you know uh you know I've had some people tell me you know in times past you know i pastor Norris, i you know i've got the spiritual gift of discernment. Well, there is no such gift, but anyway. You know, and then they go on to explain what that gift is about. You know, I'm able to see what's wrong with other people. Well, I believe that's a gift we all have. <laughs> you know, I, I tell them, I, you know, I want to tell them, you know, uh, you know, if you if you just turn that gift on yourself, you know, you uh, a couple of minutes, you might stop using that gift. So, you know, I'm not talking about us going around and looking, you know, looking for, you know, the speck that's in our brother's and sister's eye. You know, no, Jesus said, first, deal with the beam that's in your own eye. Isn't that right? And I'm telling you what, if you do that, you'll be a whole lot gentler. If God should choose to use you to encourage a brother or sister who's got a speck in their eye. Amen. But he says as we live out the truth, as we just, we obey God, we spend time with God, we're praying to God, we're in the Bible, in His Word. The Holy Spirit, the light will just begin to shine some things on our life. And whatever He shines the light on, that's the thing He wants to deal with. He doesn't deal with everything that's wrong in our life all at once. Oh, my God. He'd have to knock us out to do that. I need anesthesia. Because it's just too much to bear all at once, isn't it? Yeah, even if he showed me, I couldn't deal with all that stuff at one time. But the thing he showed, as I walk in the truth, as I walk in fellowship with God, the Holy Spirit, he'll illuminate the Word, he'll, he'll lead, and he'll show you, you know, okay, now, you know what, this is holding you back this is wrong, you need, you know, the light shone on that, then that's where he, the grace is, that's where God's dealing with me, and that's where I need to repent. And repent just means what? I turn to the light. I turn, first the light exposes it, then I don't run from the light, I just run to the light. I just hug the light. It won't hurt you, all it'll do is kill sin. Hey, Amen? And then relinquish it. That means what? Trust God. Psalm 119, real quickly, turn over there. i got to hurry along here. You getting anything out of this? I know this is real simple, you know, but here's the thing. How many of you in here own a vehicle of some kind? If you want that vehicle to last a good long time, what do you do to it? You service it, don't you? Man, and that maintenance is routine, isn't it? It's just routine, you know. You're going to get the oil changed. You're going to get the tires rotated. You're going to, you know, change out the fluids and all. You you know, but, I mean, there's nothing, I mean, you're not like, you don't take it, you know, for routine maintenance and say, "You you know, when I come back, I want a brand new car. No, it's routine. And so we're talking about this, and I realize it's routine. But, you know, this is where the breakdowns come. When the sins and the weights get on us, that's what trips us up. That's what causes us to to not able to run our race and finish our course. Psalm 119 and uh, verse 133. Notice what he says here. Oops, let me find it myself. He says, he's praying here, he said, direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. And this is what, if we will, we will acknowledge it, repent, that means what? We turn to the truth, we embrace the light, we embrace the truth, we relinquish it to God. Then he said, you know what? God's grace and God's spirit, God's power will be there. And that sin will not rule over me. It will not rule over you. Amen. That's, that's, so once I get rid of that man, I can run my race. Whom the son sets free is free indeed. I remember years ago, I don't even know if they do that. Probably not anymore. Things have gotten so more sophisticated. But back in the day when I played football, whoa, whoa. We we used to uh, a lot of times we 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 had something called ankle weights. Anybody remember those things? Yes. Y'all giving away your age now? <laughs> you know, we'd wear them. I don't know how much they weighed. A couple of pounds, maybe. I don't know, maybe two, three. But you wear them around. You know, you wear them. You know, sometimes you would even wear them to class. You wear them all the time. You know, getting in shape, wearing them. Wearing, man, and then you go out to practice and you take those things off. Man, you feel like, whoo, man, my feet are light as a feather. You know. That's the same thing. When we get free from these weights and these sins that are on us, man, all of a sudden we start feeling so we have the peace of God. We have the joy of the Spirit. We feel so light. We feel so ready to run our course. We feel so ready to tackle, you know, what God's called us to do. But, man, if we got these things on us, it's tough. It's hard running that race. And, you know, we didn't go out and practice and play. We didn't play the game with those weights on our Feet, we had those weights taken off so that we could we could be free to run, free to do what we needed to do. Same thing with these things. Now, let me give you some, incur- some things that can help you to get in shape. Disciplines to stay in shape real quickly. Maybe some of you, I don't know, maybe some of you work out already or maybe you made a New Year's resolution to get better shape. You know, you're going to walk more or do something, you know. Cindy and I are talking about it. We're going to get around to doing it. <laughs> Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Same thing with us as it is with you. We have to do it. Amen. <laughs> Don't count till you do it, does it? <laughs> but here's some disciplines. Now, I'm, just, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on these because there's a number of them here. But you can go back and look it up with, it, with the reference. We're not going to read these references. But prayer and fasting. Isaiah 58 is a great insight on Fasting. You know, Paul, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 9, 24, he said, I keep my body under. He said, lest after I preach to others, I myself should be disqualified. How many of you know that this body, this flesh is not redeemed yet? It's not redeemed. And, you know, even though the man on the inside, the Bible says, we're, if any man, any person be in Christ, he's a, he's a brand new creation. He's talking about the inward man, isn't he? But this outward man, I mean, he's not saved yet. That flesh wants to do what it wanted to do before you ever came to the Lord. Come on. And if you let it do what it wants to do, it'll lead you in the wrong direction. And so there are times when we have to, as Paul said, he said, I buffet my body. Well, he's not talking about, you know, taking a chain and beating your body. But fasting, when you go without food for a period of time, is a way that you buffet your body. Because I don't know about your body, but my body loves to eat. Come on. Fried chicken, ribs, ice cream, ice cream, <laughs> all kinds of You may have your, got our favorite foods, don't we? Good old collard greens, cornbread, you know, whatever it might be. Speedy from New York. You know, all kinds, you know, that, but that's my body. Isn't that right? My body likes to take it easy. Woo, yeah, man. Come on. Y'all looking at me so holy. But the Bible says if we will fast, what? You know, what it does is it, 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 for a period of time, it puts our body under and our spirit rises up. Our spirit rises up. So read Isaiah 58. I don't have time to get into it. Maybe we'll do a teaching on this sometime, a special class or something. We'll talk about it. But, you know, prayer and fasting. You know, prayer is hard work on the flesh. Can I get a witness? You say, even for you, pastor? Yes, even for me, pastor. Prayer is... If you don't believe it, pray for an hour. Man, you'd rather get out and cut the grass. I mean, your body says, let's go cut the grass. Well, you ain't thinking about cutting the grass. It's it's it, hey on the flesh. It's difficult. See, but you, you you what you keep your body under that way, and you say, hey, body, listen, you're not in control. I'm in control. I'm talking about the inner man. I'm in control, not you. Isaiah fifty-eight. Read that when you can. Meditation. Meditation. What's meditation? It just means to mutter. Mull over God's Word. Take take a phrase, take one scripture, and just mull it over. You know, Psalm 1 says, you know, over there, he said, Blessed is the man. This this might be one I want to read to you because it's so good. Real quickly. He said, Blessed is the man whose delight is in the law, we would say, the Word of God, and who meditates on his Word day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, yields its fruit in its season, his leaf does not wither, and whatever they do prospers. Meditate. That just means to mull it over. You know, just take a phrase, maybe a scripture that the Holy Spirit's speaking to you out of your your, uh, 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 prayer time, your devotional time, and just take that with you during the day. Just from time to time, just mull it over. Just mull it over. Man, I mean, one of the fa- my favorites is, you know, where, where the Apostle John says, says, you have overcome the evil one because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. I just, I just take that thing and, you know, whatever I'm doing, my, things I got to do that day, just, but every now and then I just, I just bring that thing back up. That's what meditation is. It's just bringing it back up. Kind of like an old cow, you know, that eats, uh, eats, eats the uh, grass and everything. But, th- you know, the cow's got, what, three stomachs or however many they got. I forget. They bring that thing back up and chew the cud That where they chew it again. That's what meditation is. You just, just take, don't, you don't have to take, you know, 10 chapters. Just take a phrase. Maybe something God just speaking to you and just, be, just through the day maul that over. Roll that over in you. And notice what he said, the blessing that would come to you. He said, he said, he said you'll be established. You'll be fruitful. And he said, whatever you put your hand to will prosper. Wow. Reading. I know, boy, this is. Boy, I tell you, with, with the Internet, social media, and everything, boy, reading, 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 reading. You know, I was looking at something the other day. The average CEO of a, of a large company will read, on average, 60 books a year. Whoa. That's heavy, isn't it? And yet, we only have one book. <laughs> You got it. <laughs> we need to read. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And, you know, there are other good books, too, you know, that people have written, you know, that can help you, that God spoke to you about. You know, I, I sometimes I like to even read good biographies of people. I can learn from biographies of, of great men or women. You can learn something from that. But principally, and, and for, first and foremost, not just because I'm a pastor, but because I'm a believer, I'm going to feed my faith. I'm going to feed my spirit. I'm going to be in the book. Read on a daily basis. You don't have to read 49 chapters a day. Just, just take one. You might even take five or six verses and read that and really just, just dwell on that, meditate on that. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you. How does this apply to my life? How can I put this to work? Solitude, oh boy. It talks about Jesus, said about Jesus in more than one place. It said, and Jesus got up a great while before day and went to a solitary place. You know, solitude is you get to a place to where, you know, there's not all the distractions. Put down the phone, put down the computer, put down the TV, put down the newspaper, put down all that stuff and just get somewhere quiet. You think that's easy? Try, try to get quiet for 10 minutes. How about 15? You know, my suggestion is if you, if you like to take walks, get out in nature. But solitude is important. Why? It gives us a point to just kind of shut ourselves in with God. Shut ourselves in with our own thoughts. Or sometimes, just not to, you know, just to get our mind to slow down from all the busyness of the day's activity. Solitude. You remember the prophet when he went, you know, uh, Jezebel was after him. He went out into the, you know, to the desert. And, you know, he was there waiting on God. And, you know, the the, the wind came and the fire came and the the stones moved and all that was going on. And then it says, a still Small voice spoke. Boy, I tell you, I wish sometimes God would just get on the loudspeaker. You ever been there? Man, I'm just tell it like it is. I mean, just, hey, noise, knucklehead. <laughs> now, God may not talk to you like that. But, but you know, <laughs> just straighten me out. Come on. But it says it's a still, small voice. And so this is the reason we have to get quiet, get in a a place of solitude, where you can hear it shut down all the clutter. And then service, serving. He talks about this in Galatians 5.13. He said, serve one another in love. You know, service, and the reason we emphasize serving here is because what? It's something that's not about me. Years ago, you know, we used to sing, you know, a chorus here, you know, you know we, we sing, It's All About You, Jesus. Anybody remember that one? But so often at the time, the reality is, It's All About Me, Jesus. I need, I want. Amen. I'm telling you, and that, th- your flesh does not like to serve. Oh, y'all are so holy. Your flesh don't like to serve. Your flesh wants to be waited on. It don't want to wait on nobody else. Serve. Jesus talked about it. He said, he said, you want to be great in the kingdom of God? Giving. Not only finances, but giving of your talents. Giving of your time. Sometimes money's the easiest thing in the world to give, isn't it? As far as all the other things. Because you make some more money, it's hard to make more time, isn't it? Nobody's invented how to do that. Well, you talk about making some money then. But giving of yourself, giving of your time, your talents, your finances, giving, you know. And then finally, forgiving. We're talking about these are spiritual disciplines. And there are others that we could, you could bring out too. But these are some very important spiritual Uh, Disciplines, forgiving. Just forgive people. You don't know what that, forgive them. But they, forgive them. But I forgive them. But I feel, forgive them. But they did forgive them. But they were mean, forgive them. They didn't really mean that, that when they said they were sorry. Forgive them. Jesus was on the cross. All the sin of the world was on him. Despite the the pain that was in his body from the nails, the beating, the thorns pressed down, and all of that, what did he say? If he can do that, I can forgive somebody that cut me off at the red light on the way to work. (laughs) And all those other things, too. Amen. Amen. Let me give you some action points. I got to stop. My time is up. Just some suggestions here. Identify the weight you want to lose this year and create a plan. Like I said, don't try to fix everything that you see. And, you know, and I, before you do this, you know, just go. Get in your prayer closet, wherever that might be. It might be in your bedroom, might be in your closet, might be in your car. I don't know, when you commute. But wherever you, you have time and you, you talk to God and God talks to you, get there and let Him show you. Okay, what's the... What's, because, see, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will be our helper. But I found out sometimes, you know, I've talked to the Lord and said, Lord, why aren't you helping me here? He said, because you're doing the wrong thing. <laughs> I don't mean necessarily some sin. But, you know, he had a plan and he wanted to deal with this first, but I thought we needed to deal with this first. So I'm over here working hard, but he's over there. So I figure instead of trying to talk God into coming over here, it's easier to just come over here where he is and he's going to help me. I get a lot further when he's helping. (laughs) Amen. I get a whole lot further when he's helping me. So, and in addition, you might want to get someone you can trust that can be your, an advisor, an encourager, and you to them. You know? Just like when people work out. When people are starting to work out, a lot of times they want to have a workout partner. Because it's just something about encouragement when somebody else, you know, they're sweating just like you're sweating. <laughs> you know, they're feeling the burn, you're feeling the burn. But, you know, we can relate to one another. We can encourage one another. Then, if it's sin, acknowledge the sin and bring it into the light. Just you know, just you know, not not you don't have to do anybody else, just to God, but and to yourself. You know, when you when you confess your sin to God, that's not when He found out about it, is it? That confession is not to not to enlighten God. That confession is for our own benefit, isn't it? Because confession, if it's sincere, is a way of releasing it. And When I acknowledge it and bring it to the light, I, that gives me the, the power to what? Release it. You know, we all feel like we wish God would just come in and do a complete overhaul on us and get it over with. <laughs> but God does it little by little, step by step, piece by piece. And He also wants us to cooperate with Him. And then finally, I would encourage you, incorporate some spiritual disciplines so that you can stay in shape this year. You know, <clears throat> I, I know this is tr- true uh, from, from times past and, and on up to today, but in the natural, I remember, you know, uh, it's it was it's always easier to stay in shape than it is to get back in shape yeah if you anybody know you know what i'm talking about right it is because you know when I, when i'm in shape and i'm working out i've got some momentum going for me so to speak and i right when you got momentum going that's a good thing isn't it but but when you got to break the inertia of a thing that takes more effort doesn't it that's why I say, get you, get somebody that will encourage you that you can do this thing together. Get somebody that can encourage you. Somebody that will, you know, you can both say, hey, you know, let's, let's get on with our spiritual workout. Let's get on with it. Let's see what God will do in our lives. Amen? Amen. Would you bow your heads just for a moment? Father, today we shared some things and trying to encourage your people and myself included about getting in shape, pressing forward in twenty twenty. Lord, in our race, not only individually, but Father, for us as a church here at Passion Church, Lord, you have a great plan for us in twenty twenty. God, we want to we want to walk that plan out with you. Lord, I know that's the desire of of everyone's heart in this place. We want to walk it out with you. And so, Father, I'm asking you, by the power of your Spirit, by your grace, that as we make the decision to run our race this year, to, to put off a weight and put off sins that, that may need to be dealt with, that, Lord, we're going to find your strength. We're going to find your wisdom. We're going to find that the Holy Spirit is right there, our Helper to guide us, and to strengthen us in every way. Father, I pray this for your people, for everyone here this morning. If you're here this morning and never made Jesus your Savior and Lord, I want to encourage you, do it today. Don't put it off. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. We don't know what the rest of the day, let alone the rest of the week, or the year is going to bring. I pray that it's only going to be good things. But we do live in a fallen world, don't we? And we don't know all the things that could happen to us. But we can be ready. We can be ready to meet those things. And if need be, even ready to meet our maker. But there's only one way. And that's to put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and His finished work at Calvary. He bore our sins. He was a sin offering for us. And there's only one way to God, and that is by faith in Jesus. Believing that He paid the price for your sin and asking Him to come into your life and be Lord and Savior. If that's a decision you want to make today, I want to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to do anything or say anything or come to the front, but I want to to recognize who you are. If you just put your hand up, I'm going to pray for you. If there are no hands, we're going to dismiss, but I'm just going to look. I I never liked... To end the service without giving people an opportunity. Today is your day for salvation. Today is your day to get it right with God. Don't leave this place without knowing that Jesus is your Savior. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I don't see any hands, but before we go, if you want to look up this way, you can. We've been talking about our oikos, you know, that Greek word. That means our families and friends, those in our living circle that we come into contact with on a regular basis. And we have put the names of many of those right up here. We got them in this this little receptacle here. And just before we're dismissed, I want to pray over these. We want to pray over our loved ones. And I want to encourage you, continue to pray. Don't just pray on Sunday. You be praying over those whose names are, are up here. We're going to pray over them on a regular basis here but you pray for them too and let's believe God for household salvation let's believe for our friends our neighbors that God uses use us to bring them to Jesus this year amen wouldn't that be a boy that's a good part of our plan isn't it boy we know God bless that so just Agree with me, if, if you can, just stretch your hand up this way, just as a sign you're in agreement. Father, we pray for all these here. Father, names on a paper, but Father, they're people made in your image. They're people that Jesus died for. You see them right now, your eyes upon them. You love them, you care for them. God, we ask for their salvation right now. We pray that the power of darkness, oh God, would be loose from their life Lord, that the light of the gospel would shine into their hearts and minds. Father, use us to minister to them. Raise up other laborers to speak into their life. God, we pray for their salvation in the name of Jesus. That in 2020, Father, our household, our friends, our neighbors, our our uh, co-workers. Father, they're going to find Jesus. They're going to find salvation in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask it and believe it. And everyone said...